you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Stop! In the name of cards, before you break my heart, think it over. Think it over. Happy New Year, everybody. How's it going? What's good? My name is Jimmy Wong, and you are listening slash watching to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm joined by... Shoot, I messed it up. <laughs> you want to start all the way over? Nope, nope. You just say the thing that you say, followed by your name. How's it, everybody? I'm Josh Lee Kwai. Nice. Uh, everything about that went well. Way, way to start off the year. Yeah, this is actually a really fun and interesting episode that, Josh, you came up with, concepted, and I think it's a very important episode to make because we don't really do this kind of thing very often. Yeah, for sure. I, I we, we almost never do this. It is the new year, though. It is a time for reflection mm-hmm. and planning, a good time to sort of refocus um, and concentrate. <laughs> you know, Wizards has been making more and more Commander product than ever, releasing more stuff than ever, focusing on the format more than ever, and... Yep. You know, we've seen that have an effect on the format as a whole. It has changed and evolved a lot in recent years. Yeah, and we're always asking the question, both online and in our playgroups, are the changes good? Are they going in the right direction? Are we glad that they're having more control slash input on the format? And a lot of us, obviously, we don't see the macro plan. We are focused on the set-by-set releases. We don't understand what the actual big plan is. So we want to know, you know, what is the long-term plan? And we also want to make sure that it's going to be something that's healthy for the format because our show kind of depends on a game being fun to play. And it really does change what happens whenever we sit down at the table, the things that they decide sort of on their side that impact our gameplay. Yeah, in the last episode when we did our 2021 year in review, um, and this is that's sort of the germ of this idea for what this episode is, we kind of asked the questions like, what is the plan over there at Wizards? Is there a plan? You know, I assume there is. They're smart people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today we're going to discuss what we think the game designers at Wizards of the Coast, you know, can and should be doing and what they should stop in the name, name of, of cards. cards. Yeah, what they should stop doing. Just to make sure that Commander remains a strong and healthy format for as long as possible. Yeah. So that's our topic today. But before we get into it, we're going to talk about a lot of cards today. <laughs> a lot you, of cards. Yeah. And and the holidays are behind us now. And, you know, one thing that happens with me during the holidays, I don't know if it's the same for you, Jimmy, is that I end up with um, s- some extra money, some extra cash, some extra funds, because that tends to be a gift that you get. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, they don't know what magic cards to get me. And, and they're correct, right? Like, I'm really into <laughs> magic, and they b- they barely know what it is. So it's much better for them to give me money, and then I decide what I want right, to get right. with it. Well, now is a great time to go to channelfireball.com slash command and use those funds to get your hands on the cards you want. Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty, oh goodness. right around the corner. It looks like an amazing set from what we've seen so far. You can pre-order that stuff right now. Again, channelfireball.com slash command. They've got their awesome marketplace. Uh, but any singles, any product at all you want, doesn't have to be from Neon Dynasty. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got it on their marketplace. Yeah, and hey, magic happens all year round, and so should gifting. So if you want to gift someone to someone or even gift mm. to yourself, 
channelfirebell.com slash command is a great place to go. Another great place to get gifts is Ultra Pro. They have an online store, but they're also sold in almost every single local game store around the world. So you can support your local game store, but also purchase amazing high quality products for the players in your life, including yourself, to protect your game pieces. Make sure that you are playing on the coolest surface, one that represents you. We have these awesome hollow foil playmats in front of us, uh, brand new foiling technique on the playmats themselves. Really great looking. Also, I love the art, and that makes me happy when I play Magic, because it's not just about sitting down and trying to win. Sometimes it's about enjoying the things that you're doing with your deck, with your playmat, with your style, and all that stuff. Expressing yourself. Yeah, so Ultra Pro is a great place to do that, and they have the license to all the official Magic art, so you can get the best art in the world, some of the best fancy art in the world, on your table in front of you. And they really are the best company to protect your game pieces. You know, Magic cards are not cheap. You don't want them to get messed up in any way. And the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You can chat with Jimmy and I on our Discord. We're in there almost every single day answering questions and hanging out. Also, patrons get to watch game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public. At the time you're watching this episode, if you're watching the day that it came out, then tomorrow you could watch extra turns as a patron, but you're going to have to wait a couple of days if you're not a patron. Wow. I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. You want to watch it right away, and and the next episode is a a fun one, an epic one, so um, patreon.com slash command zone. And another perk is we shout out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Roberto Rivera. Roberto, you rock. You rock indeed. Okay. Main topic, commander, dear commander design team. Now we have a big Fun disclaimer at the top of this. We know a lot of people at Wizards of the Coast. We're friends with them. We're friends with them. We've talked to them over the years. We've seen the work that they've done over the years. I have a great admiration. Uh, I will share a short anecdote. Every time I go to an... I've been to Blizzard. I've been to Riot. I've been to Bungie. I've been to all these game offices. There's always one game guaranteed played by the actual designers in those computers because you can see screens and monitors when you're passing through, and that is Magic the Gathering. So it's a testament to R&D that the game designers, the best game designers in the world, are playing this game. Yeah, every game that is created these days, those people play Magic because it's one of the best design games that there is. It's a very hard job that uh, R&D has over at Wizards. Um, So we are going to be critical, of course. Mm -hmm. This is the type of episode that it is. Gavin has referred to, uh, you know, us as pundits in that way sometimes. And I believe that is... uh, sort of the space we're going to occupy, especially for this yeah. episode. I think that's fair. Um, so this isn't meant to throw shade at anybody at Wizards, nothing like that. Uh, there's a reason we don't do this type of episode very often and we don't plan to. But again, I want to say that like Commander, and you alluded to this at the beginning, Jimmy, you know, our whole channel is built around Commander as mm-hmm. a format. We love the format. Game Nights is our love letter to the format. That's us, ex- you know, showing people why we love it. Yeah. And so we have a lot of stake in the success of the format. We want it to stay strong and healthy. And, you know, over the last few years, we've talked about the direction that it's headed. And, you know, we thought this was an opportune moment to discuss the direction it's headed and maybe write our letter to the Commander Design team and you know, maybe influence some stuff so that we can stay strong and healthy as a format. And final note, this is not a witch hunt. This is not an excuse for you to go out and tweet at these people or get angry at them. This is to generate discussion, healthy discussion, non-toxic discussion, because that's how we actually create real change is with a conversation and a dialogue. I think a lot of things we're going to say, Jimmy and I, at the time certain things happened, weren't like 
it wasn't clear to us that those were mistakes or or problems. Right. And so it's very easy to say, like, I understand where the design was coming from and what they were thinking, and they're not crazy. That you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't obvious why this would cause problems years down the road. Like that stuff is really hard to predict. And yeah, we're in the yeah. creative industry; it's it's very hard to like work on a movie, you know, <laughs> two years before it comes out and know exactly what's going to look like. And people are always like, well, "Why do bad movies come out?" Because it's so hard to make them because you're yeah. really projecting really far into the future, collaborating with tons of people are going to put their hands on something before the final version comes out and people see it. I think it's a similar thing here. So, okay. Disclaimers, disclaimers. We love everybody at Wizards. Here we go. I think we should start with the premise that most of the critiques are going to come from this angle. And we have talked about it ad ad nauseum on our show. Yep. The biggest problem or issue facing Commander. I mean, I felt it because the games I've been playing, I've been like, wait a minute. I didn't. Oh, I guess it's over. Yeah. So it's the speed of the format. Yeah. Commander has been speeding up for a long time. We've talked about this back in the day. In the seven years we've been doing the show, we used to play cards like Insurrection and all sorts of 9, 10, 8 CMC mana value cards. That number has gone drastically down to the point where we're even questioning the use of six drops sometimes because yep. it's just too expensive to really operate in the right way. Otherwise, you kind of get bowled over by the people going a little faster, doing more stuff. The speed of the format has changed and it has gone in one direction and that is faster. And that's really the only direction it can go. We're going to talk about this throughout yeah, a good point. the course <laughs> of the episode, but it's very, very hard in an eternal format where there is not rotation to slow a format down. It almost right. always has to go in the direction of speeding up. And I think that was inevitable as new cards get introduced and designed. And the question is, the, or I guess not the question, but the the idea we're kind of coming from is that the format is speeding up faster now than it used to. Um, and, and I want to be clear, we're not referencing the length of time it takes to play a game of Commander. We're referencing the turn on which the average Commander game is coming to an end. Yeah, It very much feels like Commander games are ending earlier they used to go maybe 10 11 turns back when we first started this podcast maybe 12 12 yeah yeah and now we rarely see that often we're in turn eight or seven when games are ending now and that's a pretty drastic change Mm -hmm. especially when you consider that later turns in games more happens so like turns one two three are pretty fast turns eight and nine like turn nine can often take as long as turns one through four combined to (laughs) and one person could take a turn that's as long as all of those turns combined too yeah so losing four turns near the end of the game is a lot of stuff happening in a game that it just isn't happening anymore and you can see this as a good side or bad side as far as total length of of a commander game but in general games are getting faster and i think we can make that statement now we've been sort of alluding to it for a couple of years but we've got data we've we we watch our games over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We record our games. We have multiple gameplay shows. We have other gameplay shows that are out there. And we can see that there's a clear trend, a clear difference from you know four or five years ago to now. Yeah, and it would be a different story if it was there is like five versions of Commander. This is Commander Fast. This is Commander uh, Battlecruiser. Commander but, Fast. But there is just Commander Commander. And as a result, you come upon this problem, which is everyone is also coming from a different place, especially as tons of new players influx the game. They're traditionally going to be playing a little bit slower because they bought a pre-con. Those decks are not built to win even sometimes at all, but definitely not by turn seven or eight. So you're running into this problem where you're jamming in all these new people, all these new players, and then you're creating more 
uneven play experiences because some people that are more indentured in the format, like Josh and ourselves and our play groups are going to play a little faster. Some people that just are more naturally competitively tuned or came from legacy or other formats are going to play even faster. You're not going to create, I think like overall the percentage of games that people go like thumbs up, that was great, starts to decrease even if people are still localized to their, lo their, their play groups and stuff. It's just going to be harder, especially as the world starts to open up. We're going to more conventions, more chances for people to play decks against Healer that aren't necessarily on even the same playing field. Yeah, I think a good question to ask is like, why are games that end on earlier turns less desirable, right? Because there's definitely some people out there that might be you know, like, oh, this is great. Or, yeah, this yeah. is great. And I think that's fine. I think in general, though, the format was built around certain pillars. And one of the pillars and one of the ideas of EDH was that it would be a format and it was designed in this way from the beginning. That's why it is um, Singleton. Mm -hmm. Because people wanted to be able to play the cards that you couldn't play in other formats, the big highest CMC stuff yeah. that just didn't have a home in Legacy and stuff because those formats are too fast. You have to play a card of a certain caliber and it's really the top 1% of all Magic cards or whatever. Yeah. And Commander was supposed to be a place where you could play some of the more fringe cards, the cool cards that you liked when you read them but just didn't have a home in other places. Yeah, it would never survive in Standard and definitely wouldn't in older formats. And even the original Elder Dragons are all like 6, 7 CMC. They're bad cards now, but yeah. yeah. The faster a format is, the fewer the number of cards that are playable in it are. Yeah. Right? Quote, unquote, playable, right? Every card is technically playable, but cards are less playable and more playable. <laughs> I mean, you have to meet a certain threshold to be powerful enough to be commander caliber, right? And That like, almost used to not be the case, too. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always some amount of that. There's always some cards that are just bad. But, you know, if most cards are playable and the, only the bottom 20% you can't use, is that more desirable than only the top 2% of cards are yeah. good enough to, to make the cut anymore? And as the format gets faster, you just kick out a lot of cards just naturally because they're just too slow. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, that's I think that's the case we're making here is that the speed of the format speeding up is net negative. It, it's not it's not like tomorrow is a million times worse than today. It's just that we're going we're trending in a direction here. Yeah. So I remember, again, seven years ago, six CMC, six mana value cards were sort of like the cool. You can play a few of these. These are like really powerful cards. A couple years later, it's like, okay, you can't really do six as much, but there's a lot of five card slots that can do that. And then that started to turn to four and then it's gone down to three and it's just progressing one direction. It may be going slower, but it at this certain point, like there are so many cards I flip through my binders where I go like, well, I just can't use these anymore because they're just I not. I used to put it in a lot of decks, but yeah, it yeah. just doesn't have the same impact as before. Even amazing cards like Sun Titan and Board Wipes, uh, like Austere Command, I just don't find myself playing as much because of the speed of the format. And those are still very good cards. And if you ask me as a commander person, hey, should I play this? I would still a lot of times go, yes. But the reality is you don't play it anymore because... Or I'm, I find myself pulling those cards to the point where it's like, okay, well, my commander wants to do this, and there's only one card that really fits with this at that slot. This is all I can afford to put in here, so that's the only thing that's going to go in there. So it's also making the format a little less diverse as a result. Okay, so we're hoping we can discuss some things today that might help alleviate this issue that we see of the format speeding up. And we're we're not only going to address the speed of the format. There will be some other things that we talk about throughout, but we're going to start with this issue of this, the speed of the format. So the first sort of category we're calling stop it. It's <laughs> stuff that's happening now that we think should happen less or should stop. Yep. So we, you know, the eternal formats in Magic, commander, Commander's an eternal format. What that means is that stuff doesn't rotate out. The sets, if a card is legal, unless it's specifically banned, it's legal forever yeah. in the format. That is a problem and has historically been a problem with all Eternal formats because it means that every time you design a new card that does sim something similar to an old card, 
you now have twice as many of that card in existence, right? We said this with like Jeweled Lotus. People were like, well, I finally can play my, you know, whatever CMC commander earlier. And it's great for me because I couldn't get a hold of Mana Vaults and Mana Crypts and things like that, which Mm -hmm. is cool. It does give access to those people to do that where they couldn't before. However, unfortunately, it also gives access to the people that already had Mana Crypt and Mana Vault. To add another effect. So now they've got three or four cards that do something that one card used to do. And over time, that te- that starts to speed up the format because nothing goes away. Yeah. Nothing naturally warped, uh, rotates out. So this begins to warp the format after time. It's also that it's not necessarily bad to play three of those effects over two. It's not like, oh, now that you, right, if you could play three mana crypts in every deck, would you? I mean, maybe some decks, but if you could play two jewel doses, yes. So the fact that you have access to multiple versions of similar things, it doesn't mean at a certain point you're like, I'm going to stop doing it. I've seen decks that run 25, 30 mana rocks because they're trying to win by turn five or six or four or whatever it is. So. So I want to be clear that when we're going to talk about like, hey, there's a we don't want more redundancy of this type of stuff. We're not saying don't give people access to the stuff that does that that already exists. Yeah. Our take is like you should reprint the stuff that already does this instead of making another card that does this. And now people can play two or three or four of that effect. Yeah. So a lot of this is like you we need to reprint stuff more often than make another sort of similar version of a thing. Yep. So let's go into, I think, the top example that we've mentioned many times. This maybe is the word that's been running through all your head as well, your heads, which is the biggest offender of this so far is ramp at the two mana value slot. Yeah. So non-creature ramp, that's two mana value or two CMC or less. So any artifact that costs zero, one, or two mana that taps for mana. We've had so many new versions of this we don't need any more. We, yeah. we actually don't need any more. Enough is enough. Like, I think literally if we could push a button and they're not allowed to make a mana rock, an artifact, a colorless thing that taps for mana that costs two, one, or zero mana, then I would push the button. Yeah, there's no, right? If you think about it, every, right? Originally, it was like, oh, Mono White doesn't have access to enough of these. Now they have Liquid Metal Torque. They have Arcane Signet. They have all these new moxes. They've got the access and their ability to catch up in terms of that sort of mana ramp and they're the weakest of all the groups, that means every other group that was already ahead is just that much further ahead, and they don't need to keep getting pushed that direction. Yeah, Arcane Signet, the Moxes, Amber, Diamond, Opal, Mana Crypt, Grim Monolith, Jeweled Lotus, some of those are old, some of those are new. Yes, some of these cards can be quite expensive, but we're saying just reprint the stuff that already exists. Don't make more things that are like Jeweled Lotus. Yeah, we don't need another Jeweled Lotus. We don't even need the original one, honestly. Yeah. Because every mox that you make, it just makes another mox that goes in the deck that already has all the moxes. Yeah. So a deck has three or four moxes in it. It doesn't go, oh, look, a new mox. I'm going to put that in my deck and take out one of the old moxes. <laughs> nope. Nope. It goes, oh, a new mox. I'm going to put that in my deck and I'm going to take out maybe a land or another spell that was weaker, a five drop or a six mm-hmm. drop. But now they just have more redundancy for that effect. Yeah. And we've again i've seen this in action many times it's a race to basically get the fastest mana because the fastest mana means you can end the game faster you can get access to all your things and yes jeweled lotus lets you play your eight cmc commander but also lets people play their four cmc their three cmc those ones even faster and so again format's getting faster we just have it's not even like we can't even play three mana rocks anymore coalition relic chromatic lantern those don't Dark get played it. because yeah. of the the abundance of two mana and below cmc rocks yeah and and i want to I want to come clear here or come clean in that we, Jimmy, you and I were not super up in arms when Arcane Signet came out. No, I thought that was fine. We thought it was mostly fine. And I I think it would be fair to say that we were incorrect about that. Mm -hmm. But I want to use that as an example for our friends at R&D saying that like, 
you know, I understand. And Gavin's even come out and said that he thought that that was a mistake now looking back. And I think I agree with Gavin and I think it's fine to be like, whoops. Yeah. Um, Brawl kind of threw a bunch of wrenches yeah. <laughs> into the format. And, and if you think sure. about Brawl, it, it, it was a format that needed some of the stuff Commander had, but couldn't get it unless it created new versions of that stuff because yeah. of the way that it was. And that probably, yeah, was a problem. I, You know, looking back, and I, I like that you alluded to the 3CMC Mana Rock, I think that the 3CMC ramp spell, specifically Mana Rock, is kind of the canary in the coal mine that none of us noticed. Ah. Right? Because it feels like they skipped over it. They didn't make... Better versions of three CMC rocks. They went right to better versions or more versions of two CMC rocks. And this has had the net effect of making three CMC rocks obsolete. Yeah. So that was like, should have been a warning sign is like, oh crap, we can't play three minute rocks anymore. That is, that's an indicator that the format is sped up by a lot. Yeah. And it's not even like, oh, let's just make a three mana rock that has more upside. It's like, no, that is still not really going to compete with the fact that they have two mana value rocks. You really that- can't slow down. What, what what do you have to do to a three CMC rock to now make it playable? It has yeah. to be like three CMC comes in on tap taps for two colored mana. Yeah, and now you're swinging it really hard in the other direction. And that's not good either. Yeah. And, well, you're basically doing still, it's still the same problem because now it's like, oh, you still have six mana available on turn four or whatever with just right. the three mana rock. So you didn't really solve anything. Yeah. Fast mana, you put scales uh, when decks run 20 plus of them yeah. and are just super powerful and efficient. And you see this in CADH. They laugh at the casual players because we're like, hey, 10 round. You should probably run 10 to 14 now. Yeah. And they're like, I run 22 or 25. I run 30. Basically, my deck is just the combo and mana rocks and yeah. tutors. <laughs> And, and a lot of times they run a lot fewer lands so they can run more rocks and things yeah. like that. And that and that is the thing now that we see casual players doing because it's easy to do. You don't have to bend your deck much to just be like, oh yeah, Felwar Stone, Mind Stone, yeah. uh, Liquid Mental Torque, Arcane Signet, the regular Signet, the Talisman. Like it's so easy to just like, yep, 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 yep. And now I just have, oh, 17 mana rocks. And now I'm closer to a CDH deck than I was because I don't have to like try very hard to get there i just play all the stuff they've given me in the last couple years and the big thing is this takes away from again what we decided and said were sort of the pillars of the format this is supposed to be a play any card that you have and have fun have take your time around the table not a ton of time but like you're supposed to enjoy each other's company not basically make it an arms race and we know that a lot of play groups have said hey we started doing this and everyone just started increasing these things and then now it's not fun anymore and when you find that now 40 percent of your deck is dedicated to tutors and mana ramp then you lose 10% of cards that could have been just played for, hey, this is such a fun card, I love playing it. And obviously, we still want to build great decks, but that element of I want to play this fun card is one that you do not want to get rid of. Otherwise, Commander really loses a lot of the magic that really brought us into it in the first place. I think a lot of people out there are probably saying, yeah, but rule zero, we, we can talk about it before the game and we can you know, keep the... We can constrain artificially the power of our decks to exactly where yeah. we want it to be. And I think the problem with that in practice is it's actually really hard to do. And I would point to our holiday episode of Game Nights mm. as, you know, uh, something that really opened my eyes to how big of a problem this was, right? Because we went into that game and we said, okay, we're going to make theme decks mm-hmm. and we're going to really constrain, you know, what each deck is even allowed to put in. Like, you take 20,000 cards in the history of Magic, and you say, this deck only has 400 cards it can choose from in the history of Magic. Yeah, yeah. How good could that be? This deck only has 600 cards because of the theme, right? They have to be showcase cards. They have to, it has be to masterpieces. have secret layers. It can yeah. only be masterpieces. That can only be borderless cards. Like, you took the card pool, and you went, Shoo! And yet, that game ended before turn eight. Sorry for the spoiler, <laughs> if you haven't already seen it. 
and and that really opened my eyes to the fact that like geez the because most of the fancy cards are from recent years yeah we talked about this a little last episode um and that really opened my eyes to like geez even with a conversation beforehand because what kind of conversation can you have other than we're all going to build theme decks around Mm -hmm. stuff and we're all on the same page and it's not like any deck was too powerful for the other decks it was just that the outcome of that game was that the game was still very fast. Yeah, yeah. I think over time, Commander got really popular and Brawl came out and lots of things started to impact Modern Horizons happened twice, impacted the format by a lot and we kind of skipped over. We like went over a speed bump and like we're wondering, what did we just run over? And it was like, oh, that's the three CMC like nicer ideal format on the way to the two CMC one. We just plowed over it. We just plowed through it. It was like we hit one of those arrows in Mario Kart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In history, you know, when stuff like the printing press was invented, for instance, there was a... Yeah, everything changed, right? Because all of a sudden now you could use a printed word to, to communicate around the world. Wars were started over this. It's right. not like you could all of a sudden be like, you know what? Uh, let's reverse that. No, let's get rid of books and newspapers and go back to the prior age. It's like, no, once you cross the threshold, you can't necessarily retreat back into a different version of time because you've literally evolved things to a point where de-evolving it is not, it's just not going to happen. So, dear Commander Design Team, we would love it if you could never design <laughs> another non-creature ramp spell that's two CMC or less. Yeah, and this same for rampant growth and yep. those and and three visits and those two. I, we have enough of those, and they're all in green too. Yeah, so we don't need more. I think creature base is fine for the most part because people are able to kill remove those them. creatures. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. remove them. Uh, it'd be better if they're mana dorks that have to tap rather than things that enter the battlefield and find yeah. lands or things like that. I also um, don't think the answer to this is just printing way more mass artifact destruction either i don't think that right you shouldn't just keep we're gonna adding talk about on more firepower but we're gonna yeah. talk about that later <laughs> uh because i'm not sure i agree okay ah. but the next thing we want them to stop in the name of treasure treasures so this is something i don't think enough people are talking about well treasures i thought were a universal good i was like cool look at all these new fancy things that all the colors have access to red desperately needs it white desperately needs it they're actually way too powerful I think treasures are definitely more dangerous than they first seem from a game design perspective. So the the ability to sort of save up your extra mana and carry it across turns yeah. is a lot more powerful than something that's like a ritual and creates a lot of mana, but you have to use it right now. So treasures just actually warp the game in a really weird way. And we started noticing this, the editing team. We were talking, and I, this is a couple months ago, we were, before... Um, every game that we record, we mm-hmm. go through and make sure we have all the right tokens, tokens available yeah, yeah. for the game. And, you know, we have people here and it's their job to like go through the deck list, put them on to tapped out, look at what tokens are needed to go track down the tokens, have them off to the side during the game. And there was one game where we sort of forgot that step and it was kind of late in the process. It was like, <laughs> we're shooting today. Get in there. We get, need the yeah. tokens. And somebody was like, do we need treasure tokens? And Murph goes, I can't remember the last game that we that we had on our channel where there were not treasure tokens. Yes, mm. we're going to need treasure tokens. Yeah, so there's, they're as ubiquitous as mana itself at this point. Lands in that. Very, very... Every single game, and, and you can watch our channel and other channels, just basically every single game, by turn like four or so, somebody has two or three treasures. And the net effect of that is that on turn four, somebody in every game is going to be able to play a seven or eight drop. Mm-hmm. And that is actually like very game warping. Because an Eldrazi or something of that power is going to come out on turn four or have the possibility to come out on turn four of most games. Yeah. And think of what that does to a game of Commander. Yeah. Back to your Mario Kart uh, comparison. It's like if someone just got three mushrooms very early on and they're just bl- and there's no red shell mechanic, right? right? Or there's no blue shell mechanic in the game to exist. And you're like, uh-oh, they cast expropriate. 
that completely has just ruined my game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they cast expropriate, and you can do it on turn four or five sometimes because of treasures, and of course you're still playing mana rocks and things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, Stormkiln Artist or something, Smothering Tide, they come out and they just completely warp the game. I think it was surprisingly a little bit contentious in the Commander community. We were on the side of, like, this card's insane. Yeah. But there were definitely people in Commander that were like, this card's not going to be that bad because... You, how powerful is Gilded Lotus? A lot of people said, right? Like, oh, yeah, your yeah, yeah. your opponents draw three cards and you make three mana, and that's basically Gilded Lotus, and that's that Gilded Lotus is not broken, so Smothering Tithe will be fine. Yeah. And listen, I'm not throwing shade at those people because, again, we got Arcane Signet wrong. It's easy to get things wrong. But it was discounted the idea that you can save that mana up over the turn. So you get three now and then three again. And by that following turn, you have a turn where you've got 12 mana to spend. Yeah. And also in the turns leading up to it, you'd be like, I only need one more treasure to do this thing. So you can piecemeal it out too. So you're using it as a very important resource. It's like basically saying, Hey, I need an extra land just for this turn. You get it. Yeah. You never waste it, right? You never, yeah, you're not like, oh, I only need it. one of these. Yeah. Like, hey, I got to let the other two go away. Yeah. It's not like a, sometimes when you tap even like soul ring, you might have an extra colorless lamp mana left over. No, it's not even like that. Or like a, you know, one of those dual bounce lands. It's yep. just like, nope you have the treasure and you can use it one by one bit by bit not just that any color at any time instant speed it's hard to interact with um they just always end up piling up because people also don't re realize that they should get rid of them right they'd rather save their artifact destruction for something bigger and more important I, I it's interesting what you said there i wonder how much worse treasure would be if they were sorcery speed only somehow that'd be an interesting way to that would be interesting or if you could they could only do one color of your colors commander or not even that like it just or maybe they disappear after a couple of turns it'd be hard to keep track of that i don't know yeah but i i think no one's really talking about the fact that treasures i think have warped the meta in a large way and created really lopsided turns where too much is happening too early mm. and if the table either answers it or doesn't, but on the doesn't path, the game's over yeah. very, very quickly. So, yeah, I think, um, again, I don't think this means that we don't want people, them, sorry, wizards, to reprint Dockside, Smothering Tithe, something like that. That's fine. Those exist, and I want people to be able to play their cards. I would just like to stop making cards like that now, please. Yeah, especially at such low CMCs, especially things that are similar to Ristic Study with Smothering Tithe. It also creates bad gameplay, which is just like, do you pay the one? You're you always got to ask, yeah. Yeah, and that that in and of itself gets tiring. People joke and meme about it all the time for good reason. It's not a fun thing to always have at the table. And if you literally let a Smothering Tithe go untouched for two turns, one turn, that person gets an additional billion mana, essentially. And yeah, because, again... It, you can draw extra cards or your opponents can draw extra cards so you can get more than three yeah yeah i like what you said there about it uh, being lower cmc stuff i think like brass is bounty no one's complaining about that card so <laughs> if, it, if you're like five six uh, cmc and you make treasures i think that's mostly fine but we should really be careful about stuff one two three mana that's making incidental treasures storm killing artists yep. i think it's just unnecessary just creating a billion treasures it's tough too because they're obviously making things that are good and limited good and standard historic pioneer all those formats as well but now that we know that commander is the most popular format it, it just means that we have to keep an extra close eye on this specifically and i would say limited was fine without storm kill artist and limited would be fine without it so you don't need to actually put that in there because it just ends up warping other formats. All right. The next thing we want them to stop yeah, is okay. rituals and bonus mana when it's tied to card draw. Yeah. We used to, by the way, cards and magic used to just do one thing. 
not have modal abilities, not add things together. Commander, I think they looked at the idea of like, well, we want commander players to play a card that can do f two things, so they can choose and they can actually take the place of two card slots, be more fun for them to do. What they ended up doing is piling on too many power effects, powerful effects together that just end up making unbalanced cards that again, like treasures or a non-creature ramp at two CMC or less, kind of run away with the game or speed it up in a way that's irreparable. I think a big no-no should be a card cannot generate mana mm. and generate card draw or or some form Advantage, of card draw yeah. on the same card. Because then we get Jessica's Will. We get Bergy. We get Bolas's Citadel. Mm -hmm. We get Urza. If your card has a mechanic that generates mana or cast spells for free, it should not also give you the cards to use that mana and stuff on. Yeah. That is just too much on one card and that card becomes a win condition all by itself. It's, yeah, they've actually been doing this a lot. Bullets yeah. of Citadel is a clear version of this. And then even on cards like Douthy Voidwalker we talked about, there's just too much stacked on there. Too many powerful, relevant abilities that are all relevant to the game. And it's okay if like one of them is, but when multiple are, and especially if those two are the most important things to the game, which is card draw and mana ramp. I mean, we've been talking about card draw and mana ramp as the pillars of Commander and the most important thing mm -hmm. for seven years now. And so those two things just being on a card, because I think it's fine to push some cards and have multiple effects on them, right? Yeah. Um, but when it's card draw and ramp, it's just those cards are just auto playables because there's never a situation where you don't want one or the other. Either mm -hmm. you have cards and you need mana to cast them or you have mana and you need cards to cast. Right. And so putting both of those options on a card just makes that card like a an always useful every situation you want this type of card. Yeah, and I don't like printing cards that that are just on their face say play this in every deck that can play it and we've had multiple versions of that now and again this is the same thing where you're reducing the format diversity by making sure that if people really want to play the format and be at the level of other players and not be left behind they're going to play these five cards every single time that's five less cards that you can add into your deck that gives your deck the flavor or whatever appeal that you're looking for and the rituals really do speed up the game because they create that early turn, like the treasures where it's like, hey, just on turn four or five, you will just have nine mana available to mm -hmm. you and you can make it potentially game-winning play. Yes, maybe your opponents can stop it, but if they don't, that game is just kind of over and it ended really, really quickly. And that just creates a flip of the coin moment where it's like, hey, listen, some of the time this game's going to be over. You know, yeah. Jessica's Will, as, as powerful as it is, I don't think it's great design because it does speed up the format. Jessica's Will is not a card that made Commander slower or kept it at the same pace. It definitely sped up the format. Yeah. More things happening earlier. And it made it slightly more the same because every single deck that can play Jessica's Will probably wants to. Yeah. So uh, please stop making rituals and bonus mana because Burgie's not really a ritual, but it kind of is. Yeah. I would say like a good design, however, is Treasonous Ogre. Pay three life, add a red mana. That adds up because you can kill yourself with it really easily. Your opponents now have a chance to kill you with different means and you're only adding mana. You're not doing that and drawing cards or exiling them off the top of your library, whatever it is, right? So I think- Yeah, imagine if Treasonous Ogre also had some sort of ability that like- Tap, exile the top card of your library and me play, play the card this turn. turn. Yeah, yeah. That, then, it's, then it's just- too much and and there are cards that too basically burgie is crazy to yeah me. like oh it'll create mana but if you don't have any cards just play the other side and yeah draw you the card like <laughs> come on all right the next thing we want them to stop doing is new tutors especially efficient ones that are format warping and are eternal playable all that good stuff yeah commander was built as a singleton format 
with 100 cards. The reason that you design the format in that way is to increase variance. Yeah, more fun, more different games every time. You don't know what you're going to draw. It's going to yeah. be different. It makes it so that it's less. you have less ability to predict how your deck's going to play out every time. 60-card format with four copies of every card, that is actually geared with the goal in mind of less variance, more yeah. predictability. I know what my deck's going to do most of the time because it has there's still variance involved, but it's just less because I have multiple copies of everything and less cards total. Commander's not supposed to be that. But the problem is that tutors, they lower the variability. They allow you to for sure go find certain cards. And they actually increase redundancy for every effect in your deck that they can go get. So Demonic Tutor is also a treasure creator. It's also a ritual bonus mana plus card advantage card. Yeah. It's also non-creature a ramp. low yeah, a low CMC, but it's also your combo piece. Yeah. But it's also a removal spell or a board wipe. Again, I want them to reprint Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, Mystic with Tutor, Tutor. Great example. Enlightened Tutor, all the ones the things that go I want to reprint the ones that already exist. Those are already out there, people already have them. I would like it if more of the community had it so that the playing field feels as level as possible, but I don't want them to make any new ones. Yeah, and they've been doing different ones as well because there is shared summons. It costs a little more, but it's an instant speed tutor, right? These are all basically, in a lot of cases, combo enablers or just redundant copies of cards in your deck. So like Josh said, and this is the thing that we're pointing at, right? The homogenous quality of the, of the game. Yeah. It's becoming more homogenous and less expressive. And the further we go down this road, the more you're going to see people, even like myself, being like, well... I just have to take apart this whole deck. I don't even want to play this deck anymore because it doesn't get to do what it does in the play groups I play in. Yeah, and, and tutors allow you to go find exactly what you need in the moment, so they also create faster games in that the more tutors you have in your deck, the more likely you are to get one of them or your combo piece or your really important yeah. card at the right moment and be able to take advantage. You know, the variability means if there's less tutors and less ability to search for things that, yeah, you might have an opening where you could possibly win, but you also haven't necessarily been able to find the perfect card so that it gives your opponents a little bit more chance yeah. to sort of still win a game where you got off to a lead or whatever. I guess the nightmare scenario is a deck that is filled with all of the tutors, all of the ritual bonus mana slash card draw cards, and some treasure creators of as well, and then all of the ramp, and then like three or four individual cards that just win you the game. Like that those is, are CDH decks. Yeah, those are CDH decks and we have all the tools to do that and they continue to make more which is why we are saying stop stop in the name of cards, cards. okay before uh we've got more to talk about here we're not done we're not even close to done yet but we're gonna take a <laughs> quick break and uh hear a message from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back, dear Commander Design Team. More things that we would like you to stop, please, to save the format. Well, not necessarily save this. The format's still great, but to stop endangering the future of the format in our eyes. Yeah, for it to be able to maintain its strength and healthiness for as long as possible. Yeah. Okay, so basically... uh, We've made our case. The format speed is faster right now than what we think is optimal for maximum fun. Right. Yeah. Um, again, your mileage is going to vary. Some people, CDH people, they really like playing at the CDH level and things. But we know from CDH that there is a level that the format will hit as far as speed where they don't like it anymore. And, you know, a lot of people are mad about Godot's a little bit too fast now. And uh, when the, uh, what was the, uh, mm-hmm. what did we ban recently? Flash? Oh, Flash, Flash yeah. was banned. Flash was banned because it was able to potentially win so early and was so hard to stop. For CEDH specifically, not even for regular EDH. Yeah. So even CEDH you know doesn't like it when the format gets too too fast um okay so we're we're at maximum volume maximum amount of fast mana effects that we kind of want in the format right now i think in an ideal world like we said earlier we would stop there never design new stuff um that allows players to cast spells before they would otherwise be able to from a cmc standpoint and then the question becomes and you laughed and i would i would have to laugh too at that statement right how do what (laughs) yeah how realistic is it that r&d would ever be able to pull that off to just like hey we're not making any more two cmc or less yeah. uh, non-creature ramp spells ever. i think any game designer would scoff at, the, at you <laughs> telling them that you can no longer do x right because of a reason that you've designated because they would think well that closes off design space maybe there is a world where we can still do it that doesn't make these issues that you're saying that bad right um 
So it's not very realistic to ask them to stop. That's for sure. And I know for a fact that a lot of the designers and maybe even potential game designers out there are going, well, they can't just stop doing something. They have a lot of other things that they're trying to deal with and balance out and make the game more accessible in different ways. And they have their own reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. So when we say stop, we really mean slow down. Please. A lot, yeah. We're asking you to slow down. And to pay attention to this, maybe this is already on their mind, maybe you're already thinking about it out there, Commander Design team, but this is something that we've noticed and we can feel the growing swell as well of the community picking up on these same things. Yeah, there's a there's a um, philosophy that we have uh, creating our content that I think is kind of applicable here. So in creative endeavors, you often have like guidelines or philosophies when you're creating something that you try and follow. So in game nights, you know, we have certain things we like to do. Um, whenever anybody plays a card, we like to have people react to the card before we see the card. And then we like to have somebody talk about their perspective on the card from an interview standpoint. And then that's kind of the general cadence of game nights or whatever. Right. And I talk about this um, with our team or we talk amongst ourselves. And it's like, listen, we have these guidelines and these rules but there's a budget for breaking those rules. Mm. And so what you do is you try and follow the general philosophy rules most of the time so that when you really need to, you have created the budget to break it. I see. Does that make sense? So that like you're not doing it willy-nilly. There's things that we don't like doing, but sometimes you need to get from A to B and you don't have a really good way to get there. And as a Band-Aid, you're going to use a, a technique or something that we generally don't love. But because we don't do that very often... It's not that big of a deal when we do it this time to help ourselves in this situation. Yeah, it doesn't break the immersion. Yes. I think Brawl, again, is a perfect example of this. These were decks that were built for a format that wasn't Commander that ended up inadvertently affecting Commander. So they weren't even thinking about the budget of doing these things. They just did it because they needed to work on something else, and that ended up negatively impacting stuff down the line. Yeah. And then from there, it doesn't feel like they've necessarily slowed down or stopped. They've been like, well, now that it's here... Doors open, let's just keep walking through it. Yeah, I think it feels like, and I don't know that this is true, but it feels like there's a lot of, you know, Liquid Metal Torque. Let's look at that card, right? A lot of, okay, well, this card is a 2CMC rock. Those already exist. Mm -hmm. So I'm not breaking anything here if this card gets printed and, and, prolifer and, and proliferates a tough word to use in the <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of people used get it, it, yeah, use yeah, it yeah. right? And it's doing a thing. It's turning something into an artifact. It only caps for colorless. Yeah, and, and that's not super powerful. So this doesn't feel like it really affects the e overall ecosystem that much. And our point is like, hey, anytime it's 2CMC or less and it creates mana, try not to do it. Yeah, because it will affect the ecosystem. It just gives everyone another card to put in and then they're taking out a higher CMC card or a card that brings them that commander fun that we've sort of alluded to. Yeah, instead of another card that does something, they're just going to slot in a card that creates more mana and that will have the net effect of just speeding up more decks. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think anyone in the world would have said, oh no, if Liquid Melator costed three mana and did the exact same thing. Well, the problem is maybe nobody plays it. Yeah, maybe nobody plays it, but at least that second ability is fun and niche enough that maybe someone will want to use it in their deck, their artifact theme, they, want, they have artifact removal, whatever it is. But it's now not a... I'm literally looking at that card and going... Do I put in the? Do I put this into every single mono red, black, or red black deck, or green or white deck, white black deck, white red deck? Right? I'm like going. I think I need this in all those decks now. Yes, you do, and you probably put it in the green decks because you have all the destroy artifacts, but not destroy creatures. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I like now that's a mana rock that works really well through Rex Sage. Right? There's just a lot. It's like, oh no, this does too much. I think we inadvertently stumbled here in the conversation onto one of the reasons why R and D needs to make cards like Liquid Metal Torque. Mm. Because they're tasked with creating a game people want to play, and not just that, creating cards that people want to play. And collect. And the only 
not the only way to do that, but there are really only maybe two ways to do that. One is you create a really interesting card that does something that cards haven't really done before right. or in a way that cards haven't done stuff. And the other is you create a more powerful version of something that's already out there because that will get people excited because they're like, I need that because I have the less powerful version. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to create a more powerful version than it is to come up with something that's never been done before. So we just are going to have a certain amount of more powerful, like this is what power creep is, basically. Your Bane Slayer Angels. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I I get the conundrum that the designers are in, but we're just asking them to to be careful. We know stopping altogether is not realistic yeah yeah okay the next thing though that we would like to stop altogether more slow down in this case is no more free spells and by free we mean cards that specifically cost zero mana from your hand that can come out of nowhere and get you yeah uh, we're not talking about like a tolly that you know makes uh you can cast things without paying their mana cost those usually require a game action or a trigger it's a six mana card that needs to have haste or come down and survive a turn and then swing so there's a lot of boxes it has to check in order to be applicable to a game yeah we're talking about fierce guardianship here those those type of cards zero mana and it's i mean fierce guardianship was just like a terrible idea right (laughs) i think the entire cycle from that were bad ideas and we'll talk a little bit more about the prices of those later but Anytime I think you give people more ways to just play things, tap out and seem like they're not going to be able to do anything, but then interact, you're creating a very specific type of game that scales. I think that that scales a game in terms of its intensity and like power level way more than just playing powerful cards on the table. I also think this is the redundancy thing we talked about earlier in full effect. Before, what, two years ago, we had Force of Will and Pact of Negation really mm-hmm. as the zero mana Foil cost. as well, but no one plays that yeah. really as the zero mana cost counterspells that you were legitimately worried about in a game of Commander. Mm -hmm. Since then, we've gotten Force of Negation and Fierce Guardianship. And that might not seem like a lot, except for that we doubled the amount of free counterspells that are playable in the format in the course of two years. And it went from being like, maybe my opponent has that, but I'm going (laughs) to go for it, to feeling like they always have it. Yeah. And that's a huge change in a game. Yeah, and originally that's why we love Swan Song so much. You could hold up for one blue mana, but you're also forecasting and telling people what you're going to do. When you have these zero mana counter spells and you have four versions of them, you could just be sitting with a grip full of interaction to stop people and you're in blue. You're going to have ways to fill up your hands with the exiling card that isn't a huge cost. It just really changes from like, okay, I can play magic to now being like, anything could happen because it can happen. It's twice as likely to happen, even if it is not technically twice as likely. There are twice as many cards that people can have especially in higher power play groups to stop me from doing x y and z and i don't think that creates a fun play atmosphere or doesn't create the commander magic that i'm used to if that makes sense or what i came to the format to do originally you know other games have been designed so that you can't take actions during other players turns to just facilitate gameplay and make it a little bit faster now i think one of the strengths of magic is that that's not the case however changing it from like thinking not having to think if people have their mana tapped to now having to think if they do and think about a lot of things yeah really does also slow down the game you just have to think more yeah it's kind of like when you play the glasses of urza type cards right telepathy telepathy. it's like no this game now is just adding just adding an hour to this game right because every time i'm about to do something i have to quickly be like okay who's got mana untapped and now i have to also go well but what if they have deflecting swat what if they have fierce guardianship yeah what if they have xyz so i think it's just net bad to have cards that cost zero mana that you can play and interact during other people's turns i would be fine if they never ever made a card like that again 
Yeah, and, and the problem with Modern Horizons 2 is that they're specifically making it for modern, and that's going to impact legacy, vintage, all those. And for me, I'm just thinking, like, is there a way, or does it just make it way too complicated? Can you print Modern Horizons cards and say, these are actually not allowed in Commander? We only, we've made them for modern, not making this, we're not trying to make this Commander Horizons, but you're just adding more cards to a ban list, you're adding more complexity. So this balance thing is another issue that I think the Commander Design team has to figure out. And when you're designing cards explicitly for modern, we know they're not legal and standard because it'd be too powerful. Well, they're also instantly going to be extremely powerful in Commander. So you need to find some sort of balance to not just keep doing this over and over again. Because with every Modern Horizons, I sort of like take a gulp and go, well, I hope there's not too many things that are too crazy. And two sets in a row now, we've had things that are a little too crazy. Yep. All right. Uh, the next one is not stop. It's more, <laughs> it's be careful. Be careful with low CMC, low mana value commanders. I think a good... Um, a good example of this in recent times is Sithis. Yeah, Modern Horizons. Ding, ding. So this is a two-mana legendary creature that can lead your Enchantress deck now. And it just felt and feels completely unnecessary. Enchantress as a archetype already existed. They had made cards for it. Tuvasa already existed. Yeah. Karametra, we saw um, Melissa de Tora play. It's, it, Karametra itself doesn't say anything about enchantments, but we're still worked as the lead of an Enchantress deck. They've printed more and more Enchantress cards that mm-hmm. go in the 99 and draw you cards when you play enchantments. And then they just created this legendary creature that's two CMC. It, like, why? What did that... Like, who was asking for that? And what good did that do? All it did was take an archetype that was already good and, and speed, speed it up. up by two turns. Yeah, and every single, almost every single Enchantress deck I've seen played since then has Sithis as the commander, and it's not even close to even, unless you're trying to add in a third color, right? You just want to use Sithis because it does the Enchantress effect. Enchantresses typically are, are what, three mana usually? Yep. So like, and it can't be your commander too. So these decks get off the ground faster. They're pretty dirty decks. They also don't necessarily have great win cons, and they just sit there and they do the thing faster than ever before, and it doesn't feel necessary. And Sithis is just what we're going to use as the example. There's been others. And I think if you're... Tiny bones. Yeah. I think this is the two paths I talked about earlier. The cards that do something no card's ever done before versus a more powerful version of something that already exists. And this clearly on the right side, or sorry, the side of the the power creep, right? Again, I just want them to be careful. If you're just making a lower CMC version of a commander that already exists, and it basically does the same version or even a better version. I mean, Sithis is better than Tuvasa in a lot of ways for those decks has one less color but when I say be careful like don't do that like don't just make a strictly more powerful lower CMC version of a thing it's also a pretty popular type of deck right you saw with like Kinnon Bonder Prodigy that yeah it's a powerful commander but not that many people play it because the green blue has other funner options that do different things Sith is literally is just the best commander for Enchantress if you're just going to play green and white and, it, and it's by far that case and it's also you know again Modern Horizons brings in this similar issue it's trying to build stuff for another format but it ends up impacting commander with modern mana values, right? Yeah, and I, I don't buy the fact that they were actually trying to design Sithis for modern. I think it's that's pointed at Commander. And they know Commander is the most popular format. It's where their bread gets buttered, right? So mm-hmm. they know when they're making these cards that they are planting stuff for a Commander because if Commander players don't buy the set, it won't be successful. Yeah. Yeah, so Sithis particularly feels like designed for Commander just put in Modern Horizons. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're trying to make a modern Enchantress deck work, but I don't have never seen it myself. Uh, all right, what's the next thing though we want them to stop? Oh yeah, well yeah, slow down or or don't make it as darn efficient or just don't make it as much. But green does not need more help with card draw specifically. 
they already have all the ramp in the world wizards doesn't need to just make this the superior color by giving it more tools when other colors like white as we clearly have seen and talked about are needing a little bit more of that love yeah green no more green card draw we don't need it green is already really good and mana production is the most important thing as far as power level that a deck can do yeah so the decks that have the most mana available the earliest are generally the most likely to win a game and lands are pretty untouchable generally with the social serve rules of edh as well yeah so i know that's not true in cedh but in casuals green is just crazy good and giving them card draw i think is one of the biggest design mistakes that's happened over the last three or four years green used to be pretty bad at card draw and they only had like greater good and a couple other things mm-hmm. and over the last few years they've gotten guardian projects and life beast pastures beast and yeah. beast whispers and you know yeah they 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 cutely tied it to like oh well they 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 you do play it when, a creature yeah when you play a creature you get to card draw but that's all green wants to do generally anyway so that doesn't tend to be like a, a big hurdle for them yeah and it's just has really warped green in a weird way because i think it is this thing where if you have mana then all you need is card draw so we can't make those things mer- married marriage like very easy we need yeah. to make it i think i've talked about this on the show before i think they made a pretty big mistake early early on by making green the color of mana ramp like and fixing right I think it would have been better if green was the color that allowed you to find the right color of mana and maybe they made white the color that allows you to get extra mana and play early Mm -hmm. and white is like doesn't fix but it'll just get you extra white mana and I know they're scared of card draw with white because white is historically an aggro color and one of the things you don't want to do is give aggro colors extra cards you want them to be like they come out of the gate really fast and strong but they run out of gas yeah but mana ramp actually works really well because if you're ramping you're not being aggressive so that would counter that that's not as big of a worry right like an aggressive yeah, strategy yeah, doesn't yeah, generally yeah. want to create a lot of mana so i think that was a mistake they made anyway that was a side tangent green does not need card draw <laughs> yeah in fact in general green and blue still get a lot of goodies they've toned it down a lot and hopefully we continue to see that trend so dear commander group please keep that trend going it's fine if it's like a six mana, seven sure. mana card that does the thing. Anything Shamanic awful. Revelation or something where it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Pr- predicated on like you really having a board set up. Yeah, yeah. Or there, the, you know, if you're going to do it, like make a, a creature version of greater good. Don't make a better greater good. Right. Type effect. Because yeah. we've seen Still that. Still make with, it cost five or six. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it with like Circle of Dreams Druid and Itlamok being Guy's Cradle duplicates, but they're much more they're much more fragile and they're not something that you can just play as a land. So that is a way to like, okay, we want more of this effect that already exists. Let's do it in a way that doesn't warp what's happening already. I think in general though, they'd be fine to just not let like go back to how it was. You get what you get. We'll reprint Guardian Project and this other stuff. Yeah. But let's just not make any more ways for green to draw cards. They're fine now. They can do it. Yeah. Uh, this next point, I don't really mind as much, but I think you're the the Commander Wooberg of the office, so... Yeah, so I would like them to stop making, making five-color commanders that don't cost Wooberg to cast. It feels like they've learned this lesson and they're not doing it as much anymore, but I think this intrinsically breaks the downside of a five color commander when you've got like Najila, Golos, Kenrith, Joda, Sisse. These are cards that are five color color identity and commander, but they don't cost five colors to put them out on the battlefield. Right. And so you can build a really narrow strategy around them and you're not held back by what normally holds back Wooberg stuff of like, you got to find the right mana. So a certain mm-hmm. amount of your deck has to be dedicated to making sure that you get one of each color. Yeah. Golos doesn't 
care about obviously ban hit yeah, by Gullis. but Najila doesn't care about that either and neither does Kenrith um, you can get going and do your strategy and you're down your upside because the upside of Wooburg is huge the you upside every, is yeah access to pretty much every card ever in the history of magic so you can make the best cards from every color you, you know I want to play Cyclonic Rift Teferi's Protection Smothering Tithe Jessica's Will Demonic Tutor uh, all the rampant gross and the farsics and stuff together right you can do that without any downside if the commander does not cost you Wooburg in its casting cost. Yeah, because it's not saying you have to build your deck to be an even split of all the five colors, too. We saw people use Golos as their mono-white commander just because it was easy for them to cast, and they could cast it but didn't have Wooburg in their cost. Yep. And a lot of times you see Wizards getting away with this by having a creature cost two in the white and then having a Wooburg activated ability or whatever it is. It's different if it's like a two-color card and it costs black and has a red activated ability. That, I don't think, is hurting anyone. But when you give someone the ability to cast their commander for Kenrith four in the white, you don't even need to have any of the other colors to cast i'm sure to use his abilities but it still makes it easier to cast and also just kind of like you're saying it just makes it a little messy 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 me- me- not messy not messy. <laughs> messy yeah i just i just think if your strategy is around your commander but it doesn't hold you back that your wooberg you just get all the upside of five color and none of the downside that that is not correct it makes five color a lot better than it should be yeah it even makes three color decks like look at it and go like wait a minute my color my yeah i on the cast this and I, I have to i don't even have the lamp but you can oh <laughs> if i just had green in my colors well i can i'll just go to kenrith yeah you know yeah, or yeah. whatever yeah um all right we're going to stop there with what we think they should stop doing or, you know, slow down on because we know stopping is not realistic. And now we're going to switch gears and we want to talk about what they can maybe add to the format or or what they can do proactively mm-hmm. to maybe help the format again remain strong and healthy. Um, I, I want to reiterate, without rotation, it's really, really difficult to slow a format down once it has sped up. We've seen this with yeah. vintage, legacy, modern. Think of modern now versus modern when we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. Modern in 2014. Modern is probably faster now than Legacy was when we started this podcast. Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to know because we didn't play Legacy at the time, but anyone and maybe out there, if you're a pro that plays all of these formats can attest to this. It does seem that way. Modern is just an incredible... There are turn two wins in Modern and one, even one, I'm not sure, but... Not I, I, I think Modern is very comparable to old Legacy and Legacy is closer to what Vintage was and like... Yeah. And, and I think this is just a thing that happens and is naturally going to happen with uh, Eternal formats because eventually they have a limited lifespan Span. Mm. they're going to crumble under the weight of whatever their card pool is like there's 20,000 or whatever cards in magic history at a certain point if you get to 50,000 cards or 100,000 cards there's just too many connections that it becomes too easy to assemble some you know N- some nuts. weird combination that nobody thought of because it's literally impossible to think of all the combination of cards once you get to a certain size yeah that like that becomes so easy that it just starts happening very early in games and we see again we see it with vintage legacy modern what we're trying to do here is just slow that process down for commander yeah and commander has a better starting point in that it's not a four of it's not a 60 card format yeah and it also sort of has this idea around it this mythos almost of commander is a fun casual multiplayer format and so that is what keeps the format in check much more than the cards that are printed because the cards that are printed are definitely pushing it towards more competitive faster but the spirit of the game is sort of what we're hoping the command design team can find a way to extrapolate with the things that they're making and the decisions that they're they're creating okay i wanted a a quick disclaimer before we get into this stuff we think they can do or add to the format Uh uh-huh and so a thing I've learned in years of working in the creative field, <laughs> which is that your audience is actually pretty good at pointing out problems and things that are bad 
currently about your stuff or even what's good right they have they have great group iterative analysis yeah the audience is really really bad they suck at suggesting viable solutions (laughs) because they are not professionals or experts yeah i think it depends on what it is because if it's like hey how do you get from point a to point b the best and you have 100 people walk that path they're going to find the most optimal path right but if it's like hey how do you design a magic card to do x thing we're not designers if they actually walked it you probably could but if you said instead to the 100 people draw me a map of the best way, oh yeah, yeah yeah they wouldn't be able to give it to you very well and and you see this like think of when you go to eat food it's very easy to tell if the food is too salty or mm-hmm. maybe not actually not even know that it's too salty some people would say it was too salty when it's actually too garlicky or whatever right. but if you said okay you tasted the food you didn't like it how do i make it better they're going to give you answers that will not necessarily make it better oh i think you should add tomatoes when yeah, that's going to yeah. make it taste horrible you know because <laughs> they're not chefs so we're going to go into the suggesting things knowing that we are not professional game designers and our suggestions may not they, they're probably going to be like audience suggestions where they suck. Yeah, we're kind of looking at it and throwing a dart at it and being like, I think that was good. I've never done it. I've never executed on this thing I'm proposing, but I think it's right. <laughs> and it is sort of fun to do. So this this section, more than the previous section, we just apologize to the game designers at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, they're probably shaking their heads going like, you think we haven't thought of that? Here's yeah. the 20 reasons why it can't happen. And they're probably right because they've been thinking about it every day, all day for years and years. Um, but we're still going to do it because that we are pundits. Here we yeah, go. There you go. All right. Uh, and this is, you talked about this, Jimmy, earlier, so... Yeah, and I'm interested to have this discussion, because yeah. I think... Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what you say. So, like we said, it's very hard to slow a format down um, once it's sped up. You're kind of just stuck at the speed that it is if it's an internal format, because you can't rotate anything out. And short of just banning a million cards... But you could make some argument that we need more punishers. Mm. We need to give players more tools to to sort of hose the effects that we don't like in the format. I'll give you some examples here. If we don't like free spells in the format, mm-hmm. maybe we can create some cards that punish free spells. So something that says, you know, when you play this card, it's one mana artifact. When you play this card, draw a card. So there's no downside to putting it in your deck. And it says, you know, if a player would cast a spell and they pay no mana to cast a counter that spell or something. Yeah, or, or tap this sacrifice to counter that spell. Yeah. You can do it one time or something. So that would be a way to disincentivize players from putting free spells into their deck. Now, Blood Moon is a good example of this, and it's something I always go back to, because mm-hmm. people say, well, if you play with a greedy mana vase, you know, you deserve what you get from Blood Moon. Right. And I always go, yeah, but Blood Moon is one card, and what am I supposed to do? Like, build all my decks so that they are good against one card that somebody might play? Right. So what do you really have to do to make this theoretically work is build a lot of that effect to the point that the meta shifts to the point that people go, wow, there's a lot of things running around that punish free spells. So I'm going to start not putting it into my deck because I don't want to, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm often running into those punishing plays. Yeah. So that's, it's tough, right? Because does the person just go, I'm just going to put more in knowing that these effects exist and that I'm going to overpower them because I have five things and they have one hate spell that they've just decided to slide a deck, put uh, piece of the deck to. That's, that's why you have to have critical mass. So let's say the yeah. next example I had for punishing things is something that hoses just early plays. Mm-hmm. So like. Culling Ritual is a good new um, version of this that just destroys low CMC right. permanents. Including um, your own, by the way. Yeah. So maybe something that easily destroys low CMC stuff or uh, destroys extra lands in play, like people have more lands than you or whatever. Yeah, some sort of balance type effect that isn't as crazy as balance. Again, if you had a lot of effects running around, let's say every deck could have like two or three really good effects that just destroy all things that are two CMC or less. Would you think about stop? about not playing like two mana rocks at a certain point 
Maybe, because I could also be like, well, I'll just play them all, and before they're able to get that spell off, I've cast a 7 and an 8 drop. Yeah. <laughs> and so, great, get rid of my stuff, fine. I've got Annihilator, and you just lessened everyone's permanent on the board, or whatever it is, right? That's, so, I think that's the problem with the, let's just create 10 different Blood Moons, or what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Is that, I, it doesn't, in, in theory, it can work, and in practice, no one ever really... Because it's not a tournament or something. It's commander's casual. No one ever really takes the step of like metaing out that the stuff. Yeah. yeah. I do think though, cards like Wash Away that was printed in Vow, this is a card that just for one blue mana can counter a commander coming out of the command zone. So it kind of does this, right? It also acts as a traditional counter spell if you play the, cl- the cleave cost or whatever. I so I disagree though, because Wash Away is actually more backbreaking if you have a seven CMC commander than if true. you have a two CMC commander. If you run into a... Uh, a wash away and you're playing Thrasios, it's like, yeah, because I have much, it did, like the disparity, you use one mana, I got rid of two of my mana, it's not I the see. worst. Yeah, so so I don't I don't know that I agree that wash away actually does this. I think it's on the other side. I think it's speeding up the format. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, the other thing is like, because particularly two mana rocks are kind of the, the poster child for, you know, the speeding up of the format, right? Yeah. We're ta- we keep talking about Liquid Metal Torque and Arcane Signet, right? So maybe you could create a bunch of um, Vandal Blast or Shatterstorm type effects. Effective, cost them more efficiently. Maybe they only cost two or three mana. Yeah, maybe it's like a Toxic Deluge, but for Mana Rocks instead? Yeah, make me like five or six of these in different colors, and then all of a sudden it becomes pretty dangerous to just go rock, 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 rock. You know, early, yeah. early Unle- Yeah, yeah, exactly. You the, can't just go rock, 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 hope you draw into the thing. You need to be able to combine it all together. So right, you, the, the Cassius Marsh or the Post Malone, like it feels <laughs> like every time I play against either of those guys, on turn three or four, they've got about four or five artifacts to tap for mana in some way. The yeah. Mana Vaults, the Grim Monoliths, the Moxin, the whatever, right? And I often feel like I do not have the tools. They've extended their neck really far out there. Right. But I only have a Vandal Blast in my deck that can really punish them for that. At five mana, and you don't have that compared to that. Yeah. So if there's more things that allowed you to be like, yep, you took a risk there by playing so much stuff out on the board, like you would if you put a ton of creatures out. That always feels risky. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm going to punish you for it. And that, again, in theory, could have the effect of people going like, well, maybe I'm just not going to do that, play out as many artifacts all the time because I so often get punished for it. Yeah, it's tough because, like you said earlier, right, it'd be cool if you play an artifact and the artifact had the effect of drawing you a card, so at least it replaces itself. Yeah. A lot of times, these spells, let's say you draw it later in the game, or when it doesn't matter anymore, then it doesn't have that additional benefit. Do you still want to put it in your deck just to stop those situations when everyone gets off to a crazy start around you? Yeah. What if it's an arch enemy and you playing this because it's a board wipe gets rid of the only people that could have helped you either so there's so many it's very intricate to sort of balance this but i do think having more ways to get rid of more than just like single target removal almost feels not good enough a lot of times because it's like there are three problematic things on the board i need to be able to get rid of all of them i can't do it with this single card i have to wait for a board wipe effect and that's six mana seven man that's my whole turn i'm behind now you're almost better served to be like okay my response to this is going to be ramp hard myself yeah beat and them. try and win before they do yeah exactly yeah rather than uh, there's no way i can stop everything that's going on yeah. yeah i think my question is and it's a tall order but is there any way that you can normalize and make fun the idea of like hold on slow down a bit type of stacks gameplay without making it oppressively stacks because no one likes stacks but that is a way right if all of a sudden your mana rocks cost one more man to cast they can't dump everything out on the table but that again affects everyone and some people just really hate that kind of gameplay yeah it, it definitely gets the like you know the shriveling of the nose when <laughs> when people play like stacksy cards but hate bears do slow down decks and when you think about it like if 
a card like Trinisphere or a card that just says non-creature spells cost one more to cast. Thalia, right? yeah. Yeah, that card actually encourages and incentivizes higher CMC spells. So the difference between a Rampant Growth or an Arcane Signet that's two mana versus three mana, that card is 50% worse if it's three mana, right? Right, it costs one extra mana, yeah. Okay, let's imagine a five CMC Sorcery that now costs six CMC. Mm-hmm. That card's only about... 20% worse. Right. So Fair. it actually pushes, should, it should push you more towards the top end of the curve and say like, these, the cards at five, six mana get hurt a lot less by Thalia than the cards at the low end of the curve. And yet we do not see the community and players embrace Thalia, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're not like, yeah, Thalia is great. Yeah, I play Thalia in all my decks. I love slowing my opponents down. I think that we run into this issue where people are, we spend so much time and money making our decks, we want them to work. And the moment that we're there to play fun play, I mean, even the word fun police denotes something that is taking away fun from other people. And unless you're someone that derives fun from that act, I think that's just why people always naturally gravitate away from it. You know, I was playing a game the other day, and it was a fairly high-powered game, and I was playing uh, a deck I rarely play, which is my Derevi stacks deck. Mm -hmm. And in this game, uh, one of the players was mana screwed. Mm. and just wasn't doing much and i was forced into a situation where i played stasis oh (laughs) just to slow down the other two people and the player that was mana screwed started complaining and i was like hold on this is good for you stasis is the best card for you right now it's slowing the game down and allowing you the chance to survive until you can draw lands Mm -hmm. like i'm helping you i'm trying to hurt the other two because they're ahead but you shouldn't be complaining but it didn't matter because that player felt like they couldn't do things even though they already couldn't do things because they didn't have mana that just shows to your point the fact that stacks is just so it's viewed as such a vile thing that's yeah. really hard even when it's actively and obviously helping the player for them to even see it yeah it's just tough we want to play magic we want to tap our lands and play cool stuff and bigger and flashier stuff especially in commander so anything that goes against that seems counterintuitive even if it is beneficial at that moment Okay, the next topic is one I put in here. I think we need more ways and different ways to win the game because win cons are tricky, right? We, we ask people to build them into every single deck, but I think diversifying the ways that you can win and doing so in ways that make players want to experiment more, maybe be okay not playing as quickly because they want to try to satisfy some other interesting win con. It's kind of like in games like Seven Wonders, there's like six different ways for right. you to win You're giving them an game. achievement and they try to unlock it. Yeah, they're it like, oh, there. cool. I've never done this before. And I've seen a lot of players have this thing where they play it out and be like, I've never done this before. I don't care if it's not optimal, but it's fun. And that to me, I go like, yes, that's Commander in a nutshell to me. So I think like rewarding players throughout the game too can also feel like a win. I think like the dungeons from AFR are a great example of an in-game achievement that you could do that when you did it, that was kind of like a miniature win. Even right. though it, you may not win the game, you can at least say like, hey, I did this thing with Asarak and the dungeons 50 times. It was really cool. Made this combo. I didn't win the game, but I was able to accomplish something. So I think like group hug used to embody similar ideas. Like I want to play a game where everyone can only attack uh, with creatures. I want to play a game where I'm going to save everyone's life at the last moment. And so it's kind of like a mini game within the game. And I think that helps in create a broader sense of what Commander is about as opposed to I want to play my 20 mana rocks and win faster than I'm else um and that's obviously at the far end of the spectrum right, um, yeah, i'm gonna try to combo out or whatever. i mean a lot of players like like i think mills probably the biggest all yeah. win condition that is at least generic enough like a lot are like specifics uh uh approach to the second seven or something which i think can be less fun but the yeah it'd be nice if there was another thing kind of like mill out there yeah i think we kind of had that this year with must attack 
uh, or goading like Carter mm. Doom Scourge and Pramicon Sky Rampart all every time that they've been played I've been always been like wow that's so incredibly powerful and effective even if the person doesn't win it's kind of like cool they added on almost like a global enchantment to the game or something that that made it interesting added extra rules and all of a sudden you're playing a game within a game about the different politics and that to me is what makes Commander complex and fun um, and then the big one is I think we need to diversify the way that our tribes are represented because I think werewolves got the the worst end of the stick again somehow because it's just about playing creatures and turning them sideways yeah. and there's so much more i think you can do with tribes and maybe it's just the fact that it had to be built into a standard set as well as a commander set but that to me seems like an area that still needs improving upon which is how do we make tribal more than just creatures sideways yeah just hey have a lot of this yeah right? and it's like, like cool but then you're also right like all, all of a sudden you run into the same problem well if you want to run 20 mana rocks then you then you are only playing the most optimal werewolves of all time and you lose that jank fun factor of like the bear deck that Graham played right that is a perfect example of a deck that made someone build in a way that was really fun really memorable and create a fun play experience for everyone involved i like it all right the next point here is uh green light for mono white so <laughs> i want r&d to ignore most of the stuff we've said in this episode if it is in regards to mono white um most of the stuff i i think we talked about this last episode esper sentinel Smothering Tithe, Teferi's Protection, they're probably a little bit on the high end of mm-hmm. what we want for Mono White. We're looking for Welcoming Vampire, Archaeomancer's Map. I like to say Cultivate level of good, mm. you know? Like, nobody thinks Cultivate is broken. In fact, I've started to hear some rumblings that people think Cultivate is no Overrated, longer playable yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the two-mana rock problem. But White needs more things that are good and that level Mm-hmm. not more things that are great or incredibly amazing. They just need 10 more cards probably that are in the sort of like, yep, this goes in a lot of white decks. doesn't have to be every single one. Yeah. Their cultivate level of good. Um, and I think it would probably be good if we make those cards cost extra white pips. You put this down, Jimmy, and I really think that that's a smart way to go about it because otherwise we run into the problem we've talked about over and over where it's like you give a really good card to white, but if it only costs one white mana, you're also giving it to blue, black, green, and red, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, maybe the what white needs is a card that says white, white, tap this for one white mana in Artifact. No one would play that except for heavy white decks and maybe like a white, black deck. I think it... I think white should get ramp that only creates white mana. They don't get to fix, but they get ramp. Yeah. And that would, again, I think we need to, it's tough because I don't want to create more two CMC ramp, mm. but that could be a thing white could do if we could make playable ramp that's at three CMC or something. Yeah, it could what, be is a, what is a three mana rock that you would actually play? I would say chromatic lantern, but if I'm like building a deck that doesn't have a, enough fixing in it, right? Because it's like There's I need lands to play that it. do it now. I wouldn't even true, play true. It. But I'd be yeah. like, I'm a five mana deck. I'm building a budget deck. Chromatic lantern is just a way to say like, okay, cool. I don't need to worry as much about the mana problem. Do you play skyclave relic, the one that you can kick and make three of them? No, unless okay. I'm in a deck that's trying to build a get nine mana. Do you play it. coalition relic? Nope. Okay. Do you play worn power stone? Taps for two. Sometimes, but it comes in. Tapped. But it comes in tapped. Yeah. So I don't play that. I, okay. What if there was? What if it was Worn Power Stone, came in tapped, but tapped for colored mana. No, that'd be uh, even worse, right? Yeah. No, because uh, it well, casts for two colors. Let's say it tapped for okay. two mana of any color. Oh, of any color? Then yeah. Yeah, maybe. It, <laughs> wasn't there that four mana one that did the same thing? That, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's four mana. That, yeah, I mean, three, I mean, I don't know. It's if tough. it's a maybe a three, it's no, no at four. I would have to look at the deck, right? And be like, can I play this? Because I would never want to play it on turn three. I would always try and play it on turn two. By well, that's having, hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you but, need a turn one. Yeah. Okay, what if... I don't know. What if a three mana rock... <laughs> 
It was dark stealing it. It's indestructible. Okay. Three mana, taps for mana of any color. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target two CMC or less artifact. Oh, yeah. I could see myself playing that because now you're actually evening the, the playing field and at the same time... Setting somebody back. Setting someone back, but putting yourself not so far ahead that it's broken. Think of how good we have to make a 3 CMC rock so that you will play yeah, it. it's literally a, a blow-up artifact on site. I, I mean, ETB at that point... Destroy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at that, and it needs to come in tapped, I guess, to, to, to maybe slow down a little bit. Okay. I don't know. Quick aside. I um, mean, how about this? I like the medallion cycle. I think those are very powerful, and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But those are technically 2 CMC rocks, but they're yeah. tied to a color. Well, th- and they're often better than rocks because you can save multiple, multiple mana, mana turn across the turn, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm just pointing at the problem and yelling yeah. fire. And everyone's like, yeah, but you're not putting it out, dude. But but white still needs help. I think they've done a good job over the last year or so, but I think white is still behind. So let's ignore a lot of these things for mono white. Yeah. But let's put extra pips, extra white pips into the casting cost and stuff. Yes, definitely. I think that it will 100% restrict things because, again, that's that's <laughs> anytime you make something cost white, white, a lot of decks will just never play it. All right. Here's the thing they've been doing recently, and I would like them to put push the gas pedal in on, on mm-hmm. it a little more and do it more often. And this is more rewards for playing high CMC commanders. Yes. So we've seen some cards recently that give you some effect and it, the, the, the effect is based on the CMC of your commander. Yeah. Stinging Study, great example. It's a card draw spell, it's instant speed, and it cares about the CMC, the mana value of your commander. It's I, it's it's obviously not super powerful because it's at five mana, but it does a really fun effect, and it's tied to, oh, if you play a higher mana value commander, then you actually get more benefit from this. Yeah, it's five mana instant, and you draw cards and lose life equal to the CMC of your commander, right? Yeah. So I think five mana is too much. I wish it was four. I think they were being careful. Um but if you have a 7 CMC commander, 5 mana draw 7 is pretty good. Pretty darn good, yeah. 5 mana draw 5 is actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's an instant speed too, so. Yeah, so I think them creating cards that aren't good if you have a 2 or 3 or maybe even 4 CMC commander, but start to get good if you have a 5, 6, 7, and get awesome if you have, you know, 6, 7, 8 maybe, yeah. will maybe help to even out the playing field a little bit because I think one of the problems now is that Man, average CMC of commanders and command zones these days is lo- very low. It's it's between two and three. Like you just see a lot of two and three CMC things. Yeah, or it's Corvold or Moldrotho. Like it's or it's Edgar because yeah. it's got an emergence ability. Oh, because you're never gonna play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think God. also another on the same note, stop making high CMC commanders that just completely bend the game when they get played. Like Toxro the Corrosive. I don't want to get rewarded for playing a high CMC card that says every other player is now going to hate me. <laughs> I'd rather do one that's like, it's a cool dragon. I tutored up five other dragons to my hand. That's pretty great. You still need to deploy those dragons in order to win the game. You can't just sit there and be like, pass the turn. And everyone goes, oh, no. Yeah, it's really tough. Because Belladros, oh, too much. It's really tough because in order for a high CMC thing to be playable, it has to be super impactful now. Yeah. Because people are... You know, the games are shorter, so if I'm going to play my commander on turn six, I'm only going to have it for a turn or two, right? because the game's going to end by eight or nine, and so in order to, if I'm a card designer and I'm going to make a commander, I want people to play the card and be excited about it. Well, it has to be effective, and the only way mm-hmm. for that balance to be, you know, something it's attainable powerful. is if you make it powerful, right? So, But then you get all these really high CMC things, There's like, great, you got to that amount of mana, you played your commander... And it was worth it to the point where, like, it feels like nothing else mattered. Yeah. I think I think they need to get away from each upkeep. It's amazing when it when it does stuff in Commander, and it's so cool that, oh, we have multiple upkeeps for this to trigger. But it does, I think, disproportionately bend some cards into the, oh, wow, this is 
this is an instant must deal with problem and we already have other instant must deal with problems at lower cmc right like i think there's some way to find put the fun back in without necessarily taking out all the power yeah i think each upkeep can be fine because there are a number of cards that's fine but it's just yeah you gotta be real careful with yeah be careful yeah yeah if it's coma or something and it has a million other pieces of text i think part of it is commanders just have too much stuff yeah um going on like in the last extra turns i played uh orvar Mm -hmm. Uh, i won't spoil how that ends but look at orvar as a card Let's put it up on screen here. I played this deck and have played it about 20 times now. (laughs) And Murph or somebody at the office said something about its second ability the other day. And I had forgotten that it had (laughs) a second ability. It has that discard part of the text that does not need to be on the card. Right. If you discard, if somebody makes you discard something, you get a token copy of it that never happens, never comes up, and it's just extra text on the card that could maybe someday down the road, watch, they're going to create a couple cards in like 2027, and it's going <laughs> to, Orvar is going to spike because, you know, it's crazy broken now. Yeah. Like, the card doesn't need to do 50 million things. People are going to play it because if you target your thing, you make a token copy of it. That, that would have been fine as the only thing on that card. Yeah. Uh, to that degree, too, there are some cards that have too much text on it, like Urza, for instance, and I think a problem that we're running into is cards that have the entire package of what they can do on the single card you don't need anything else to make it start functioning yeah coma toxel yeah and so that to me i think is is it's too much right commander is about building around the commander not letting your commander literally be the bedrock for every right it just is like i don't need to do anything else it's all here it's yeah like, all okay. i need is mana and then ways to protect it yeah yeah, yeah. so i think that is even Belladros, it's like, cool, you're making these things and you can pay life to untap it, but you have to sacrifice those things if you want to gain the life back. Okay, there's a little bit of interplay there. Coma and all those, is just like, you can just sit there and just put your hands behind your head and go, I'm good. Would you I, go- yeah, as long as I, my commander comes out and lives. All right. Uh, the last thing we're going to uh, ask for them to add or do more of is Monarch. We've done this before. We've asked for this before. And they have we? given us more, to be fair. Yep. There was some Monarch in Commander, Commander Legends. Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you uh, played it in the in the holiday episode as well. It's pretty much a universally adored mechanic. I've literally never heard a single player or a person be like, you know what sucks? Monarch. Actually, you know why I like Monarch so much is it does what we've been talking about. It harkens people back to a type of gameplay that is not specifically about comboing out or winning super fast because it makes you deal combat damage to get value. And it's not even amazing value because it's at the end of your turn, but it's still incentivizes interaction on a different level yeah you're doing stuff and you're getting rewarded for it but the reward and the stuff is on a small enough level that it doesn't feel like the game just ends when you do it once yeah it's like oh do that get the monarch okay draw the card sweet i did some stuff and i got rewarded for it and then the next player goes okay now i do and i'm trying to figure out how to get the monarch and yeah like, yeah yeah just create some stakes monarch's really good there's just not enough of it right now commander legends i think it was cool uh you know gavin purposely put in a bunch of monarch there but i think there's you know we could have a lot more they could put it in more commander product when monarch gets involved in a game of commander i feel like universally that game is more fun than it would have been yeah yeah it doesn't take away from the game it only increases in different ways it benefits certain archetypes over other ones and it doesn't do so in a warping way either so i agree very much i like monarch a lot i even like the curses because they like especially the one the curse of opulence right that makes people attack someone for treasure because that the treasure you're gaining is from an action that you have to do and you have to make an attack there's like more steps than just you draw a card i'm gonna make a treasure you draw a card i'm gonna make a treasure we've got one more point we want to make it's not really about card design exactly so our letter to the commander team is over this is but we are talking to people at watsi so we yep. figured we'd put this in here there's a point jimmy made which i think is interesting and the design team has some to say about this but it's more about 
sort of the frequency that this happens, which is commander products, they're not printed like regular sets of cards. Once a commander product is out, there is one card in each of them. Usually there's like a unique card out of the hundred or whatever. And that's the only way it gets printed is in that full deck. So it's not like people are cracking open thousands of boosters and finding hundreds of these copies of these cards like Modern Horizons you saw with the Fetchlands all went down the price because people were opening so many packs. No, you'd have to open a single commander product every single time if you wanted to get one of these cards. Yeah, it's like a single... $30 booster pack. Exactly. That's guaranteed to have it, but like, like Dockside Extortionist, right? It was in one of the four decks mm -hmm. and the only, there's only as many Dockside Extortionist as that one deck would deck, print it. Yeah. yeah. So what ends up happening is that the Commander products create a really uneven pricing on these cards that only get printed once and they don't get saved by being put on the list or mystery boosters. It doesn't change it at all. And I, we can go through every single, so we'll do it quickly. We'll go through every single Commander product release and there is, and this has been the case for all of them. So C14, the medallion cycle. Now this is originally a card from Tempest, but it's been so long ago that this feels like it's the solo printing of the card. Those are between 15 and 40 dollars now, the medallions. C15 has Arachnogenesis and Pathbreaker Ibex. Only time they've been printed, all of those at 30 bucks. Wait, Pathbreaker Ibex is 30 dollars? Yeah. That card. Neither of those cards should be $30. Exactly. Arachnogenesis is not that great. Exactly. <laughs> Conqueror's Flail in C16 is $30. There is no reason for that card to be $30. Wait, Conqueror's Flail is $30? C17 has Teferi's Protection, Kindred Domus, and Kindred Discovery, all of them sitting around $30 as I well. I don't even remember what Conqueror's Flail does. Retrofitter Foundry, another card that is not needing to be $40 is it's because it's $40? only been one time in C18. C19 oh is, is the, the one that we all know, Darkside Extortionist, $70 bucks and climbing every single day. And then C20 has three as well, Fierce Guardianship, Deflecting Swat, Deadly Rolic, all only in one deck each, only printed once. And this was last year, and those cards go from $23 to $50. Yeah, Fierce Guardianship's ridiculous. And we're going to see the case happen as well for our Kaomancer's map. It's already at 12 bucks, and it probably will go up because people will like realize, right? What happens is people go, oh, they're not printing this in other products. It's only in this Commander product. And not just that, they have seven years of Commander products to prove their point because it's done. it's been done, and these cards haven't get reprinted. So that's something I think the design team should be aware of, that when when you're printing these powerful new cards into these sets, making sure that they also have a chance to live in some other kind of product at some point so that just more of them get into the market. Because the way that Commander products distribute cards is much, much different than a standard booster set. Yeah, just not as many of them exist. Yeah. Once the dust settles. Okay, I like that point. Whew. Please reprint. That's what we've been saying though, right? Reprint them. There's no need to make another version of Teferi's Protection exactly. or anything like that. Please do not make yeah. another Smothering Tither or <laughs> anything not. like that. Just reprint the card so that the people have access to it instead of making another similar version. Okay, uh, I wanted to make one point before we go here. Are you looking up Conqueror's Flail? Yeah, it's good because it does. <laughs> I really don't know what it does. Read it, it. It's good because, it, so it's a two-mana artifact equipment. It gets, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each color among permanent to control, so it can get plus five, plus five. But more importantly, as long as Conqueror's Flail is attached to a creature, your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. So it's like Dragon Lord Dramoka. Grand, or uh, uh, Grand Abolisher. Grand yeah. So that effect alone, and Grand Abolisher is obviously an expensive card, but this is a, a version of Grand Abolisher that can go in every deck. Obviously, I've never seen Conqueror's Flail, Flail in play for the last couple of you years. You know why? So because it was only printed one time, Josh. Because <laughs> people are like, hey, I want that effect, but it's $30, so I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? I'll play something else. All right. Uh, just to wrap this up, I wanted to make a point that the sky is not falling. <laughs> um, I think that Commander's trajectory has definitely been changed in the last few years as they concentrate on the format. So obviously, we're a little bit worried that it has been speeding up. Um, and like we said, Eternal Formats, eventually they do have a limited lifespan. You can just only have so many cards in the card pool before it collapses under its own weight. Mm. Commander mitigates this in a number of ways. 
one is being a hundred card format that's singleton it makes it take longer than legacy or vintage or something would another is the multiplayer aspect i think there are a lot of healthy and strong years left yeah. for commander and even more years if we're careful if the yeah. design team you know takes into account some of the stuff we've been talking about has a long-term plan for the format then i think we've got you know a lot of fun for years to come this is a four-player game it's not just about winning there's a lot of heart and spirit and love for the format because of what it is not compared to the 1v1 formats so i think the things that the best things we talked about today are the ones that contribute to a more fun group experience so maybe there's a bit of some lessons we can learn from the board gaming world from all the different innovations that happen across that all the time with still but still making it magic yep okay to the listeners what do you feel about the direction of commander card design what do you think they're doing right what do you think they should be careful about do you think we were right or wrong in any of the points that we made today um yeah definitely put it out there in the comments uh because Keep the discussion nice and healthy there's lots of th- that's going to happen i'm sure we're going to see some amazing ideas and conversations started so just keep it nice and friendly yeah and i know all the people oh no sorry we know a lot of people at Wizards, <laughs> but i know all the people over there at wizards um love magic and they're there and they wanted to work there and they love the game and they want it to be healthy and strong and they love commander and so they're trying to you know do the best they can for the players in the game yeah i really believe that to be true and i've basically met not a single person at wizards where that's not the case yeah and to their credit they are very transparent almost sometimes i think too transparent about their process mark rosewater posts on his blog and tells you so much information that he doesn't need to put out there but because he likes the feedback he likes the conversation so i think knowing all of that we still it's a very special company to be able to work with and to play the game of and they've been doing it for 30 years now they know what they're doing but sometimes they just need a little bit of course correcting and tweaking because we can all make mistakes yeah, they just need us to to vocalize, you know, sometimes in a productive manner. Yes. What it is we're hoping for that, you know, hopefully can help guide them or give them some data that they can act upon. All right. If you want to buy a card that wasn't one of the expensive ones we talked about today. Well, maybe you want to get Archaeomancer's map because according to your data, it's going to be $30 like middle of year. next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless they reprinted a bunch of different ways. But, you know, it's still time to give gifts in the new year. Still time to say new year, new me and play a different style of magic. Maybe play a new commander you've never thought about channelfireball.com slash command they have an amazing marketplace filled with competitive lgs's across the country all vying for your attention and your uh what business is it? business that's right so you're going to get great deals from them as well as you're going to support a local game store you know you're dealing with professionals because this is their career and profession this is what they've been doing so you're going to get those cards in the mail you're going to put them into your decks and you're going to have a ton of fun by going to channelfireball.com slash command first and when you get those cards make sure that you protect them you know the products that jimmy and i use for our very own collections are made by ultra pro they really do make the best stuff mm-hmm. to protect all of your game pieces they've got eclipse sleeves they've got theme sleeves around each of the sets that use the eclipse technology so neon dynasty is going to have a bunch of sweet art on card sleeves uh those sleeves, those uh, those full art sleeves or whatever that they make mm-hmm. are very, very sturdy now. I know in the old days yeah, people used to work. they've gotten way better and they keep improving every year. Yeah, I have a number of my decks in sleeves uh, that have art on them now because yeah. they, they just last a long, long time. So you really can't trust Ultra Pro to protect, you know, your most expensive cards and keep them in great condition. And one last note, the world is suffering from a lot of supply chain issues. The reason we like Ultra Pro is because they've been in the game for 30 plus years. They have established long connections with great manufacturers and they know they can get the product over it may still be delayed but you know that you're going to get quality stuff every time they're not going to be skimping around the edges yeah yeah really real well said all right uh you got one now it's time for the end step i don't know how this snuck up on me there's plenty of talk about something cool outside the world of magic um 
Let's see. You seen any movies lately? I oh, I saw Spider Man. Okay, let's uh, Spider-Man. Okay, you saw Spider Man No Way Home? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, so No Way Home is a movie that we're going to talk about. It'll probably have spoilers. Uh, don't forget, it made a billion dollars already <laughs> worldwide. So like everybody out there has seen it probably. But if you haven't, you know, stop. Just so you know, yeah. stop in the name of spoilers. I thought it was the most fan servicey movie I think I've ever seen in my life. And I don't, I'm still, I don't know if I liked it or just like was like, okay with it. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I laughed. I love seeing Toby McGuire yeah, back on, on screen. All three of them. Seeing all three of them like talk to yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I get it. Like this is a, a little bit of a gimmick, but it's still awesome. Yeah. So I think the, the way that they were able to pull it off in the trailer, because you saw the trailers and stuff. I was amazed. I mean, I knew before I went in that it was going to happen because yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in the world and I saw it a week late. But I thought they did a really good job still. And this is a whole new world now where, okay. where movies, yeah, they'll, they'll literally take out VFX shots and take out parts of shots so that you don't see what they don't want you to. Oh, because you thought that the spell actually happened and everybody forgot who he was based on the trailers yeah. and then you get into the movie and, then, and that's and like And then a, there's also fight scenes where they're all jumping at each other, but they got rid of the other two spikes. Yeah. So it's just the Tom Holland one jumping and you're like, oh, there's clearly just him. They're playing games. They hit it from the yeah. audience. Yeah, that's So cool. I thought that was really interesting because I think Marvel, if anything that I'm really impressed by is how they market this stuff and how they drive it into the popular, the pop culture atmosphere. And I think Spider-Man has... You know, this could be a series that people are just dead tired of, but it has maintained its number one spot as the most popular superhero since the original one came out with Tobey Maguire. It's crazy. I mean, I think Tom Holland's really well cast. He just fits the part so well. Zendaya is obviously awesome. And Zendaya. They just haven't really had a misstep at all. Everything just yeah felt good and fun, and they hit a great tone. Yeah. I want to talk about something else, though. Yeah. Because I tweeted about this. Did you see it? No, I didn't. So before I saw Spider-Man, there was a million trailers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a trailer for a movie called... (laughs) I did see this tweet, actually, and I laughed because I saw that same trailer. I'm mad about this, Jimmy. There was a a trailer for a movie called Ambulance Mm -hmm. with Jake Gyllenhaal. A Michael Bay movie, right? And then right after that trailer, there was a trailer for a movie called Dog. (laughs) With uh, Channing Tatum, right? The name of the movie is Dog. (laughs) The other name of the movie before that is ambulance Ambulance. (laughs) what in the hell is going on like what i know that like hollywood is bereft of new ideas and everybody makes jokes about (laughs) that but seriously like my like people that work at the studio dog yep ambulance this would be like calling spider-man no way home hero By the way, Hero, great movie. If you've Maybe ever seen it. Web. Web. Yeah. yeah. How about this? Oh. Explosion. That'd be cool if you called it Web. That would be like the dark reboot of Spider-Man. <laughs> you can't just name it like uh, proper nouns. How like, about, how? let's talk about the atrocity that was the dog trailer where it Fast showed and you. Furious is now called Car. Car? <laughs> the dog trailer and actually the ambulance trailer pretty much showed you 80 percent of the movie that's yeah, what sure. i hate that's about a those trailer trailers. thing that like yeah. i can't handle that i i know I mean, that's exactly. been around forever like i can't complain uh, about that because you yeah. know the, yeah, i was part of that world but I, dog <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's something that we're going to be appreciative because we have innistrad crimson vow midnight hunt they should call kamigawa new on dynasty just like ninja ninja <laughs> japan the set yeah uh, or the dog! It, it, actually it'd be as though they called innistrad crimson vow vampire and then they called the, right, if they just use their nicknames werewolf. that they use, yeah, werewolf coming out next year, Magic the Gathering, werewolf, gangster, gangster. <laughs> Brothers War is just war, I guess. I don't know. Dog, yeah, dog is a bad name, and the ambulance. Movie, at least ambulance looks like a good movie, though. I'll say that much because what? 
Okay, fine. It looks like a fun movie to watch in the theater if you want to see really crazy pyrotechnics and stunts. It's going to be loud because it's a Michael Bay movie, but yeah. I cannot, I'm not going to go see either movie on basic principle. You cannot hey. name a movie Ambulance. <laughs> you cannot name a movie Dog. Hey. I'm not, if you name your movie Chair, I'm not going to go see it. Like, I'm just making that statement. What'd right you do now. last week? Uh, I went to see Dog at the theaters. Can you imagine the people working on that movie? You know, the they go home for Christmas. People are like, oh, what movie are you working on this year? Oh, I'm working on a movie called Dog. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, is it about. An animal or the bounty hunter? What's it about? Ugh. 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 It's a classic I don't think tale. people are mad enough about those the, the names of those two movies. When I tweeted that, I was like, this should get like 20,000 likes. Yeah. You know, people should be on board, but people are like, whatever. They're so used to it now. They've been beaten I was going to say, when you, when, you, when you don't, you know, you're not really challenging anything here. You're not really providing a new viewpoint. You're just sort of t- saying the obvious. Dog and ambulance. We used to have movies called The Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Dog Day Afternoon. Now we get... Dog. Yeah. Just dog. Maybe at a certain point, they'll just become a letter, too. (laughs) Oh, man. B. (laughs) Fast forward to the year 2057, and it's BR2. Yeah, BR2. Every movie just has a single letter. It just sounds like droids from Star Wars, every movie. Yeah, but it has a cool lettering to it, so it looks cool. Yeah, K. Yeah. Whoa, dude, did you see K? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm such a fan. I can't wait for K2. But there's a crown on the K, so it really means king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maybe eventually it gets to K9, and then we're back at the dog. We've gone full circle. Uh, okay, that was a good end step. Okay. Um, but Spider-Man, if you guys haven't seen it, if y'all haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a fun movie. It definitely... I, I don't. I, here's the thing. You don't need to watch it into a theater. In a theater, I don't think. I think you can be fine watching it on the home TV. Sure. I, well, it's, it's not like... Home TVs are so crazy now. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But some people, you know, some movies need to be those theater It's not thing. like Dune where I think you would want to watch it in a theater because yeah. you want to feel that low-end rumble. This one is mostly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Okay. All right, clean up set. Big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Arthur Meadow. Oh, I was just go man, girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Arthur Meadowcroft, Shauna Gillis, Damon Lenz, Lady Danger, Manson Lund, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldegrove, Galati, Truck Tide, Jamie Block, and Evan Limberger and Dog. <laughs> Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card Animations at the beginning of our show. You can find him on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right. Uh, thanks for listening we'll through. see you soon <laughs> you know everyone that didn't watch Spider-Man missed out on dog and ambulance don't go to YouTube and like look up ambulance and dog I don't want to give any views to that stuff just, <laughs> just 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 shake your head like I am and let it go look up the poster on Google or something yeah the posters are bad you know I've yeah. never seen dog I just don't watch dog movies anymore because they're all basically the same and the dog's gonna probably die at some yeah point. they're gonna say oh the, the the main character is gonna come from a gristled uh, to a yeah. happy oh wow i don't like so people critical. now this dog has made me like not just them but also people yeah harrison ford and channing tatum both going through the exact same thing with dogs okay just wait just wait until they release the sequel dog two dog two t-o-o dose they're called dose but the s looks like a g <laughs> i don't know okay dog 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 ambulance what up dog Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.